Hello and welcome. This is Sister Shariah. Just wanted to talk to the women of God today. Let's talk, ladies. Let's talk about who you are. And let's talk about what we need to do. Let's talk about things for generations to generations that our mothers and grandmothers have taught us. Let's talk about what you are giving to the new generation. Let's talk, ladies. All right, ladies, welcome back. We're going to begin into Titus chapter 2, verse 3. The aged woman, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not even given much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach young women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. And that takes us back into a time that most of us so-called black women and so-called Hispanic women and so-called Latinos, well, we've gotten arrived into a land to where we had to teach, especially the so-called black woman. We've had to teach our children. Our grandmothers would teach us. And they would teach us all about how to cook, how to clean, and you know, those things that they would teach. But also you would look at them, how they would dress, how they would act, what they look like, the strength that was in their willpower, the strength that was in their hands. And this was given by the Most High God. But unfortunately, some of the customs that was passed down to us wasn't our customs. This was a learned behavior that was given by our oppressors. And when I mean that, our oppressors, the ones that keeps us in slavery, maybe not physically in this day and time, but spiritually, we're enslaved. So while we looked at the strength of our grandmothers and our great-great-grandmothers, what they endured, the rape, the shame, having no control of their own bodies at times. They just couldn't. They had no rights to do anything other than teach the children according to what the oppressor told them to do. But they always made sure in secret that they gave you some roots from the land of Jerusalem, which is in Africa. They gave you these roots. They gave you something that was so part of them. If they whispered it to you, they gave you an eye like, don't do that. They gave you so much. These were the wisdom of godly women. Let's go over this scripture. He talks about the aged woman and how she's supposed to behave 
when you start to get a little older, ladies, our behavior patterns should be changing. We have to be careful about falsely accusing people. We have to be careful that you don't give in too much wine. And when you teach, you should teach good things. And then this day and time, you should never teach a young woman to go out and become a whore. You should never teach her that money is greater than her worth. You should never teach her to do things that is out of the grace of the Most High. See, if you are a godly woman, someone that trusts in the Most High God who created heaven and earth and all things, if you are that woman, you should stick with his words and stay within the ramifications of his word. Stick it to the book. What did he tell our women to do? Most of us don't even realize what we need to do. So when you're teaching a young woman, you want her to be sober. You want her to love her husband. And you want her to love her children. And the way you love is the way you love the most high. The first thing is that we must understand that if you truly love your creator, you know, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, if you truly love him, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So that's the first thing we have to understand is keeping the commandments of the Most High God. And if you do these things, then you are on the narrow pathway of righteousness. That is the way that we will get to the kingdom one day and you want your light to shine before men in a righteous way that they be able to see the most high God his light his strength and when in John you can read it in first John yourself chapter 2 verse 3 and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments Fourth verse, he that said that I know him and keepeth not his commandment is a liar and the truth is not in him. So, and I have dealt with many of our sisters who say they love God so much. Girl, I love him. Girl, girl I be loved. I love me. I true. That's my God. Okay. Girl, I love me some Jesus. You know, the Messiah who in Hebrew we call Yahweh Shai. Or some people say, Yahuwah. But the, 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 the book talks about the Messiah, which they called him Emmanuel. So when you are a believer on the Most High, the Father who sent the Christ, the Savior, then you got to believe that you teach yourself and you teach your offsprings, you teach your other sister to be righteous. And that's by keeping his commandments. Because as history has shown before in the Old Testament that they call the Old Testament, but Christ says that I come in the volume of the book, meaning from the beginning to the end. It explains to us the reason why the Israelite people failed. They continued to fail when they did not obey 
It's no different in your household when you have children, husband, wife, and y'all have to be in order. You don't do things out of order because if you do, it hurts the family. Not only that it hurts the family, it hurts the parents. Not only that it hurts the parents, it hurts our most high, our creator. Because he would just be shaking his head, saying, I am so disappointed in my children. So we ladies, we need to continue to evaluate ourselves daily. We have so much things that go wrong along the world to look at us and shape our thoughts. So we have to be careful about what we see, what we hear, what we touch, what we eat, what we drink, because these things can affect us. So ladies, let's talk about when we do pray. When we ask for repentance, when you ask for repentance, you have to do this in humbleness. And you really want to change in yourself. Because so you can fool people all of the time, but you can never fool the Most High God anytime. So let's take a look at that. Let's go into... Let's go into 1 Corinthians. So if everyone just go over to 1 Corinthians. And we then go to chapter 11. Hoping this is the right one we need to go. First Corinthians. Chapter 11. We'll start at let's see. I think I'll keep going into 2 Corinthians. I'm sorry. Let's go into 1 Corinthians. I will get there. Here we go. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse 3. It says, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Verse 4. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonored his head. So, you know, most of the time when you see the pastors come in and or the men come into a church, as you say, they always remove their hats. If you go to court, you got to remove your hats. Right. But verse five says, but every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head, for that is even all one as if she were shaven. So he wants us women, I read that again, but every woman that prayeth or prophesied with her head uncovered, dishonored her head. So you're dishonoring your husband, you're dishonoring Christ, and you're dishonoring the Father. Because he wants us to come to him with our heads covered. 
Now, sometimes the word talks about a physical thing and a spiritual thing. And sometimes it's both. So in this case, if you remember when your grandmothers used to come into the the churches and they have their heads covered, they have beautiful hats on. But in the slavery time here in this nation, in the northern part of uh, America, they would have their heads covered many times, singing and praising. You know, this is what we do. So there is an order that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And however he wants you to do it, we should stay in those instructions. Now we understand even when we read the Bible, the Bible itself, the book itself is full of prophecies. Full of prophecies. Our prophets, our prophets have talked to us and told us things to do. Let's honor by keeping our heads covered. Oh, I know we don't want to cover our beautiful hair. We want to make sure everybody sees. But have you ever seen how beautiful a woman looks with her head covered too? In humility and humbleness, in the beauty that you see. Now you see her face. You see who she is. You see that inner beauty. And these are the things that we need to get back to in order for us to be in order. And then I hear people saying, oh, we don't take all of that. It don't take all of that. Give me a scripture that says it don't take all of that. Let's stick to the scriptures. Give me the scripture. Because once the Father has said it, you're supposed to do it. He has given his will and power and his words to his prophets, his prophetess. But we just need to stay in order. So let's just do what the scriptures say. Moving on. When you find yourself praying, you put your head wrap on. When you find yourself asking for forgiveness... Please have your heads covered. And ones that don't have a husband, then Christ is directly over you. The Messiah, Yahuwah, or Yahweh Shah, however you want to say it. <sighs> Let's just be in respect. And when we ask for repentance, when we do, change has now have to come. You can't continue to do the same sin. You have to change. You have to say, I got to stop this. And you have to do it. And we all need to. We have problems in our life that we need some correction. Everything we need is in the word of God. His word has inspired us. So let's look towards his word. No matter what no one tells you, Look to his word. And if you feel it don't take all of that, then that means you're not a woman of God according to the Bible. Not according to what I say. The book talks about how we should be. Let's go into Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs. Chapter 31. Come go with me. Come walk with me, Lord. Mm -hmm. All right, so now we're at Proverbs. Chapter 31. Let's start. Of course, everyone knows it. Verse 10. 
Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Verse 6. The heart of her husband doeth safely trust in her. He's trusting you. That means you're not out doing no whore. You're not thotting. You're not doing all that stuff that people do. He's proud of you and he loves you because of who you are, because he can trust you so that he shall have no need of spoil. You know, he's to spoiling. He has no reason to go anywhere else because he already has a beautiful ruby, a priceless jewel at home. Verse 12, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. No matter what he does, no matter if he make you upset that day, you let your light shine and you just say, you know, Father, I'm going to do what I need to do because you're watching me. So I can't retaliate against him if he acting up. I'm going to do what I need to do. And I'm going to pray with my head covered that this will change. This too shall pass. Verse 13. Let's go back to 12. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Think about that. No matter what anybody does to you. Who's watching you to make sure you do what you need to do? Verse 13. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. What? So she she creates things. So she is able to earn money. Verse 14. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from far from afar so she is like a merchant ship so she gets up early and she does these things and she's evil able to take food to who who is she taking his food because she says she's like a merchant so she gets up and rises up verse 15 she rises also while it is yet night so in other words it's still dark outside but yet it may be morning and give it meat to her household and a portion to her maids. So obviously she has some kind of maids too. She take care of them. She don't always just sit around and wait till them do everything for her. So she's showing a point of gratitude. So if you have someone that assists you, if you have assistance or if it's your sister or a friend or whoever, this is what she does. Okay, she makes sure she takes care of them too while they taking care of her and whatever their their responsibilities are. Verse 16, she considered the field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands as she planted a vineyard. So she went and bought her some land because she, she earns money. She works. And she went and bought her some land in order to what plant? Garden. That's what our ancestors used to do. We used to have little small gardens. Some people who live in apartments and stuff, oh, I can't get no garden. Oh, yes, you can. You can buy you some buckets and some um, bowls, anything that's deep that you can uh, put a little hole in and put some seeds in the ground, get you some good soil, you know. Pray over it. Make sure that the Most High bless your hands to bless the soil. Most of us can grow almost anything. Because that's just been given to the seed. And if you're part of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
then things will just happen greatly for you because you're counted for the seed. Verse 17, she girded her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. What? This is also a, this is also a, a spiritual thing. It's when she goes in and she girded her loins with strength. It's not always physical. So what, where do you get your strength? Who do you look for? Who do you look to? You, you look to the Almighty. And strength-wise, sometimes people just keep themselves physically in shape. Verse 18, she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. So her merchandise that she has, that she massively produces, where if she's making clothing or whatever she does, food, however she grows, she makes sure that her candle doesn't go out by night. That means even while she sleeps and rests, the light that's within her never goes out. She's focused. She knows what she needs to do according to what the Most High has instructed her to do because it's in her spirit to get up and do whatever she needs to do in order to be that righteous woman. Verse 19, she led her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. There you go. That's where she starts making stuff. Verse 20, she strengthened she stretched out her hand to the poor. Okay? So she gives to the poor. But I bet you she don't give to no just any poor. She gives to her people that's poor. But what does she give? Does it always have to be money? No. Most of the time it's not even a good thing to always give people money. If you want to help someone out, then if you're stretching out to the poor, you're going to feed them? If you need to pay for a, a motel or hotel room for them tonight. That's what you do. If you need to buy them food, go to the grocery store. There's things you can do. Because you never know when you're just handing money over to people what they're going to do with it. So why don't you take a little opportunity to be a little wise about it. And I say, I tell you what, if you're hungry, I'll go feed you. If you're thirsty, I'll provide you some water or something to drink that's, you know, good for you. Some juice or something. Let's be wise about what we do instead of passing our cash flow. Ma'am, you got $2, ma'am. You got 50 cents. And then you handing it over to them. You really don't know what they're going to do with it. And I always say you never want to have blood put on your hands because that last 50 cents might have taken them to a pawn shop to go ahead and buy that box of bullets in order to take and kill people with. So sometimes it's not good to give alms in that way. That's why Peter and uh, was that Peter and John, I think it was, they was uh, headed into the temple. And then you had one of the brethren sitting at the steps who was um, basically physically um, um, disabled, you say, in this day and time. He was disabled, couldn't walk, you know, he was crippled. So he asking for money. You know how it is. People asking for money. Oh, give me some money. No, 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 no. So silver or gold, Peter didn't have, we ain't got none of that. But what we have for you is greater than that. And he was healed. Why? Peter had the power that was given to him to heal this man. This man got up and he leaped. Leaped. Never could walk. So sometimes that's not what all people need. Be careful about 
passing out cash flow to anyone. Let's pray for wisdom. Let's continue on. Verse 21. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. So you can't be afraid of the weather because most high God going to do what he want to do with the weather. No matter what it goes on, you continue to do what you need to do. Verse 22. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. So she made herself coverings. So all of this that she was doing in, um, in her work, she's able to sew. Beautiful tapestry. She looks beautiful. She's got her head covered. She just looked like royalty. And she's in the most finest thing that she can can afford, okay? Um, and look at the color, silk and purple. You know what purple always represent? Okay, that's the royalty color. Our praises. Verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates. When he sitteth among the elders of the land, she maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdness unto the merchants. So that's what she does. She makes things at home and she goes and sells these things. 25. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in the time to come. So by you even looking at her, it says her strength and honor are her clothing. They respect her. She knows how to dress. She ain't got all her privates hanging out, breast hanging out. You know, she you don't see her cleavage. You don't see other things. Her skirts, dresses, whatever is not so tight that it shows her whole silhouette because she's looking for this type of attention. That's not what she's doing. That's not what she's doing. Because no matter what you say that you are, but if you are looking like a whore or a prostitute, that's exactly what they're going to call you. That's exactly why they're going to look at you. That's why they're going to approach you. A man's going to approach you the wrong way. He don't care because he see a wedding ring. He can care less because you dress like that. So let's be in modesty, as uh, Timothy told us. Let's move on. In verse 26. She opened her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. What law of kindness? What law is they talking about? Hmm. Whose law? God's law. Because you know man's law down here, especially in, 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 in this America, you can do anything you want to do. They go totally against what God says. But here is the law of kindness. And if you go back and look in Leviticus, they talk about us, how we should treat our brothers, our kindreds. And you can actually go into, I believe it's Leviticus chapter 19. And then maybe verse 17 in there. But it goes and talks about who your neighbor is, who your kindred are. These are your people. And you're supposed to treat them a certain way. So this is the law of kindness. It's God's law. Again, this woman is definitely a virtuous woman. Verse 27. She looketh well 
to the ways of her husband and eateth not the bread of idleness. Okay, so she looked toward her husband. What does that mean when she looked well to the ways of her, her, uh, I'm sorry, her household um, and eateth not the bread of idleness? Well, when you look at her household, she's making the best that she can with the most righteous things she can buy, purchase. Uh, she actually puts seeds in the ground to make some some good stuff come up out the ground because a lot of things that we eat this day and time, we don't know what it is. But now people are starting to go back and growing like our, our great grandmothers and all did. That way you know where it's coming from. And so is she not going to eat anything from um, idleness? That means she continues. Now, a lot of times we're so lazy this day and time that um, we don't even want to cook our own foods anymore. It's so easy to be idle and wait to the last minute, go get you a box of chicken or whatever. You know, some things like this we do because, oh, it is quick and fast. And here, take this. But is it really nourishing to the body? Do you really think that the things that we're picking up is going to actually help the body or hurt the body? Verse 28. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praiseth her. So now you have a husband that is so proud of you. Your children is like, that's my mother. No, my mother won't do this. No, she's in order. I have never seen someone that was in so in order. And I can tell where she is at this time and that time. I know she's got up and did this and done. That's, that's where we're talking about where that candle, it never goes out. Because she has a continual light. And spirit that pushes her into these righteous realms in order to make sure that everyone is okay. And that she is also presented as someone that you look at that you want to be like. That is the example that we need this day and time. That is what we're supposed to do. Verse 29, many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellent them all. Mm, look at that. That's how you know that you are definitely a righteous woman. Verse 30, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Think about that. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. So favor, you trying to find favor between men or a man or a woman or whoever and not God. And you worry about your beauty all the time. It's okay for you to look well. You're supposed to present yourself well. But you're going to doing the most, all the extra, all the dye and the hair, the blonde. I don't know why. African-American, so-called African-American, black women, whatever you want to call yourselves, really the daughters of Zion. You paint yourself. Hair colors all gotten crazy. And we do this because... We think that the beauty that we see in the cosmetology magazines and all of this teaches us that we are not beautiful, but we are beautiful. That melanin in your skin is beautiful. So we understand that you look well. Take care of your body as much as you can, but don't go into such a deep depth that you don't even know who you are. Some of us wear so much makeup that it becomes deceitful. 
because you can't tell from who you are from one minute to the next. Look at some of the pictures. You're like, that's the same woman. And that's what a man says. It's not what I'm saying. I heard a man say this. He's like, it's so deceitful for a woman to wear so much makeup and hide her truth into beauty. Verse 31. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. So you're going to be praised by the works that you do. And if your works is righteous as women, you don't have to worry about what nobody else say about you. Because if you think about the most high God and you always ask him, what do I do next? How do I supposed to do this? What is it that I need to do? And we wait patiently for that answer. So this is the reason why she will be praised wherever she goes. People stare at her. As she walks in the grocery store, people stare at her as she get out of her car. People just stare. Who is that woman? A virtuous woman. That is a woman of God. We have to continue to do this, ladies. Something to think about. And you know, we all need some things that can be changed. Now, I'm not asking for you to change everything overnight, but each day, think about the change that has to be done. And you ask for that strength as you repent and you change, repent and change, not continue to go and, and continue to do the same sinful thing over and over again. Let's change our ways. And once we get that one down, let's change something else. Well, thank you, ladies. If you have any questions or anything, you can always download the app for Anchor and um, reply to me at any time. This is your sister, Shirai. We give praises to the Most High. We thank him for his gifts, his kindness. Thank him for his forgiveness, the multitude of mercy. And as we come to his mercy seat and we ask for forgiveness today, that he would endow us with his strength and his power. That we women learn our place of where we're supposed to be, how we should do things, how we should change our wicked ways into becoming righteous women. Love you much. Oh, I love you, daughters of Zion. You be blessed. Shalom. All praises to the Most High. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Shariah again, ladies. I pray all is blessed and following the commandments of the Most High God. Today we want to talk about obeying God's laws, statutes, and commandments. And what is it that is required of us to do? So I want to go ahead and talk about the five basic umbrellas about God's law. From the beginning, he established the moral law, the ceremonial law, the dietary law, the civil law, and the sacrificial law. So I'll say those again. Moral, ceremonial, dietary, civil, and the sacrificial law. 
I just want to start out with Genesis chapter 26 and 5, just to establish some boundaries here about our forefathers and what they did for the Most High, and to establish to see who was obedient and who was disobedient. So, in Genesis chapter 26 and 5, It says, because that Adam obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And that's when he was saying in verse four, if you jump up, he says, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and will give unto thy seed all these countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Why did he say that? Again, because of verse five, because that Adam obeyed my voice and he kept the charge of his the, the most highest commandments, his statutes and his laws. And that was justifiable in a righteous walk with the most high. So let's go to Joshua one and eight. Joshua one and eight. Ladies, just write these down real quick if you want to, or just listen. Joshua 1 and 8. Now, I, I read the um, King James um, 1611. If you've never heard of the King James Bible 1611, it is one that is established in the year of 1611, long before we were born. Um, many of these books were taken out um, in the latter part of uh, late 1800s and 1900s and so they started taking out a lot of books out the Bible because they were trying to come up with something to help us stay lost. So why would you take anything that was already in the Bible and take it out? Because you don't supposed to take away nor add to it. So, there are publishing people that are able to do many things. And it all stemmed from the Catholic Church. If you Google about the Catholic Church, they make a statement that says the Vatican has decreed that the Catholic Church is the mother of all churches. So if the Catholic Church is the mother of all churches, Baptist, Christian, Kojic, okay. But the Catholic Church has these books of the 1611 in their Bible, but why do you not have it in ours? Just a question. Going on to Joshua 1 and 8, this book of the law, what did they call the Bible? The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according, according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Prosperous, he says, and then you will have good success. I'm going to read the book of Baruch. 
Now, Baruch is spelled B-A-R-U-C-H. Again, that's in the King James Authorized Bible 1611. You can get the Bible or you can just get the Apocrypha book. And when you read up on the Apocrypha, they're going to say, oh, that's not inspired by God. It's not then. Who told you that? Because you took it out of the Bible. Why would you take it out? How are you going to say it's not inspired by the Most High God? Why did you just leave that in there and let us determine that? Baruch chapter 4, verse 1. Baruch chapter 4, verse 1 says, This is the book of the commandments of God. And the law that endureth forever, all they that do it shall come to life, but such as leave it shall die. Because, why did he say you will die? All they that keep it shall come to life, but such as leave it shall die. But don't they treat us, teach us in a society now that... We don't follow any laws of God, but we have to follow the laws of man. It's kind of really weird, isn't it? Being as that the most high God is our creator and everything, but they say don't follow his law. But which law is he talking about that we don't supposed to follow? That's what we'll discuss about that today. Let's talk about um, King David. Let's think about... King David, but I'm sorry, but before King David, look up Baruch again, because uh, B-A-R-U-C-H, look up Baruch, and you'll notice Baruch is um, is uh, in Jeremiah, so you'll kind of understand who Baruch is. But anyway, now let's go ahead to David. Now, Psalms 119, we're going to roll over to Psalms 9. We just really kind of look at a lot of the um, inspirations of our people in the Bible that was blessed by the Most High God. And why were they blessed? Psalms 119, verse 153. Consider mine affliction, he says. Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. So there you go. David says, consider mine affliction when he prays, you know, he prays to the Most High. He was a man after God's own heart. And he says, and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. He don't forget the law of God. Why is it that he don't forget the law? And in verse uh, 165, same chapter, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You're just going to roll down to, scroll down to 174, same verse, Psalms 119, 174. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Hmm. Interesting. Let's talk about uh, King Solomon. Proverbs chapter 28 and 9. Proverbs chapter 28 and 9. What did he do when he was doing the righteous things? What was going on with him? Great things, right? In verse 9, he says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. So even King Solomon's telling, when we turn away from God's law, that um, even our prayers are being an abomination. You don't even really want to hear your prayers. It's just by his grace and mercy that he even hear your prayers if he wants to. 
And most likely, most of the angels have already been appointed. The holy angel have been appointed to, to do whatever they need to do for you. But if you're listening to this today, it is time to get back into the word of God and do what thus says the Lord and not what man. See, we're living in a kingdom that is a wicked kingdom. The kingdom we live in here in North America is a wicked kingdom. This kingdom here has so much power on the whole face of the planet Earth. They got militaries in all of these continents. And you have to wonder, how can you have so much power? Because we've been living in a kingdom that is not a righteous kingdom, according to the Most High God. Let's move on to Proverbs 31 and 26. Proverbs 31 and verse 26. Who are we talking about? We talked about this wonderful sister here. She is a virtuous woman. It says she opened her mouth with wisdom. What kind of wisdom? Holy, righteous wisdom. And her tongue is the law of kindness. What is the law of kindness? Which umbrella of law would they go up under? Moral, ceremonial, dietary, civil, or sacrificial. It will go up under the moral law. This is how you know how to treat people in behavior. Let's go to one of the, one of the, uh, our great prophets, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 9. Let's see about him. Isaiah 30 and 9. He has so much wisdom to give to us in his word. According to the Most High, Isaiah 39 says that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord. What? So he called us rebellious, lying children. Most people, I don't be lying. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, according to the Most High, we have to go by what he say, not what we say. Children that will not hear the law of the Lord. Yeah, interesting. So let's see what Christ say about the law. Let's go into the new, what they consider the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Matthew 5 and verse 17 says, oh, it's in red letters. Why is it in red letters? The Messiah himself is speaking, Christ, right? You got it. Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So he says, think not, not, not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. Okay, so God is like the one that actually established the law. Um, he didn't even come to destroy the prophets because the prophets are the ones that prophetically that gives us the story that we live to this day. See, we think that the Holy Bible is done and over with and them stories is old and we don't need to read the Old Testament because it's just for our learning. Yeah, it's for your learning. All right. Because of the fact that many of the prophets have already told you what's going to happen. 
from back then to now. They were only prophesying thousands of years ahead of this time. We are now currently living the story. If someone was sitting down and looking at the TV, we'll be watching a movie of our lives already played out, already written, already done. Verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise, I'll say that again, no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So he's even telling you that's why he didn't kick down the prophets because heaven and earth is still here. It has not passed away. And nothing's going to pass from the law till all has been fulfilled. So the question is, has all been fulfilled? No, it hasn't because Christ, or in Hebrew, Yahweh Shai, the Messiah, the wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace, okay? He has not came back to get his people yet. He has not come back to destroy the wicked yet. He came in a teaching humble mode that when he comes back again, it's going to be war. Verse 19. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, hmm, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of of heaven. So I'm going to read that again. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach me and so. So they teach us don't keep no laws. There's pastors now teaching us not to keep the commandments that Christ did all of it. And we just live up under grace and we can do buck wild stuff. And we don't have no rules and we could just run around butt naked and doing all kind of crazy things that we want to do. No, because remember, there's nothing new under the sun. As King Solomon said, our people, King David, when he did things wrong, he got punished. King Solomon did something wrong, you get punished. Any of the, even Adam from the beginning, he got some commandments. And what did he do from the beginning? He broke them. And what happened? He got punished. Okay, you remember the... The tree of knowledge, punish. You don't touch these things. When, when thus says the Lord, you don't do it. That makes you disobedient. You can't touch this stuff. So back to the verse, and we'll start again at 19. Matthew chapter 5, verse 19. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of, of uh, heaven. The least. You ain't even going to be the greatest. You ain't going to be nothing. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So now you have to think about that. People are not even equal in the kingdom of heaven, just like we're not equal now. I'm going to repeat that. Even the people that can even get into the kingdom of heaven, there will be a least people and great people. There are not going to be equal in that manner. So that tells you something right there. Who taught you that we're all going to dance around the throne? And no, Mm-mm. no, there's going to be some establishment of great people and least people and least of least. It's going to be some, some something that we live almost like right now. 
most of uh, the Israelites, the black Hispanic people and stuff, and the Native Americans and all that, a lot of our people are just the least. We're the base people of the earth right now. He says that the last will be first and the first shall be last. So eventually this is going to change and that we will no longer be on the bottom, O daughters of Zion. Let's continue so that we've established that Christ himself kept the law. He kept the law. And then later we start reading into the other disciples like Paul's letters. People don't even understand what Paul is saying in a lot of his letters. They don't get it. So let's kind of roll to Paul's letters. Because um, we need to do what thus says the Lord and what Christ said, Yahweh You need to do what he said do. Because Paul was not, was not Christ. And Paul was not, will be, never be the most high God. So there's something wrong when we get into Paul's letters that we have a problem with understanding what Paul was saying. So Romans chapter 3 and 31. Romans 3 and 31. And this is Paul's, this is Paul saying this. He says, do we then make void the law through faith? Because, you know, everybody say, you know, are we based on faith? Yeah, we're based on faith. But he says, God forbid. Do we then make void the law through faith? It says, God forbid. Yay, we establish the law. Right. So what law is done away with out of the five major umbrella laws, moral, ceremonial, dietary, civil, and sacrificial law? I'll answer that for you according to scripture. Let's see. It's the sacrificial law. Why? Because Christ. Go to John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay? So now we have to know we have to go through Christ. Okay? Uh, I'm going to go skip up a few. To tell you a little bit about who they were talking in the in the book of John chapter three, we should be reading the whole uh, to get a full understanding about who specifically that God is talking to when He says the whosoever, and He talks about the world, because uh, many people don't realize that um, there's Christ talks about more than one world. And people are like, what? There's only one world. No, because there's a world of basketball, a world of food. Well, there's a world of a whole lot of things that we make world out of, okay? And so we have to understand that there is more than one world. So if you go into Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed, heir of all things we're talking about Christ by whom also he made the worlds worlds when it is worlds so you have to question what more than one world what is he talking about right because the world that we talk about in 
John 3 and um, 16, who was God's world? From the beginning, again, nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. We miss these little, you know, um, trinkets of things that he's talking about. Because where in scripture out of the whole Bible that God said that he did everything for everybody, meaning he chose everyone to be part of his kingdom. He chose everyone to be his children. He chose, you have to get a scripture for that and, and, and send it to me. Okay. Send it to me. Cause this is the only one John three sixteen. Even when you start reading down and even before John three sixteen, it, it, it tells you clearly that he went back into, um, John three sixteen. Let's go to John three fourteen real quick. I'm just going to read this. And it says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Okay. Well, hold on. Who was in the wilderness? Israelite. Why did he have to lift up the serpent? See, got to read the Old Testament to get an understanding. It was even bronze in color. So that's trying to tell you something there. It's, it's a lot of meat in here, spiritual meat that some people can't understand. Um, but out of Christ's own words, he explains so much in detail of who he came for. And people don't believe it, but it's right there written in scripture, but some kind of way, everybody got inclusive in this um, kingdom, the new Jerusalem that'll be coming where Christ is going to be considered the high priest and the governor of his people. So um, that's maybe a little bit too deep for everyone. So we're going to keep continuing to move on. Um, but if you have any questions, I'll be more than happy to do my best to give you the scriptures and ask the most high God to give you uh, understanding and revelation to the scriptures that are being provided unto you. So let's still talk about obeying God's laws, statutes, and commandments and what, which ones are we having to do and which ones are done away with. Okay. First John three and four. First John three and four. So first John three and four says, whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law for the sin is the transgression of the law. Repeat whosoever committed sin transgresseth also the law who was given the law. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Think about that. Who was given the law? The people, Israel, the seed of Abraham, the seed of Isaac and the seed of Jacob. There were no other people on earth given the law. So when you sin, you're a transgression of the law. For the for sin is the transgression of the law. So you, you, you have now broke the law. Okay? You sin and you break the law. What law did you break? You broke the moral law or the ceremonial law, the dietary law, or the civil law. You know, you, you broke these laws. Because Christ has already stood as the sacrificial lamb for the sacrificial law. And once he's already done that, because if we still had to bring animals to the Levites, which were the high priests of God, and bring them constantly and say, here, here, take this. I, I done seen. I done seen. 
You know, he has to slaughter the beast and do this ceremonial procedure that he had to do for the sacrifice. And he had to do all of these things in order to try to cleanse you. But did he really cleanse you? Because a lot of our people just willfully sin. They still do it now. We'll sit there and say, well, I'm going to go on over here and do this. And then I'm going to ask God to forgive me. What kind of mess is that? Really? Would that fly with your parents? Yeah, I'm going to go in here and just go and steal some money out of my mama's purse. And then I'll just have to ask her to forgive me later. She's going to bust you upside your head. You're going to get your butt told to pieces. Better not steal nothing from your daddy because you already know you're going to be tagged into pieces. So you get what I'm saying with that. This is why we need to obey the Father in heaven. we just out of order. Totally. Totally out of order. Okay, let's go to, uh, now we know that the, the sin is a transgression of the law. Let's go to Hebrews uh, chapter 8. Come with me, walk with me, walk with me. Hebrews chapter 8. We go to 8 and 8. Let's find out a little bit about who the covenant is for. Now, who's the new covenant for? Ask, ask yourself, who's the new covenant for? Okay. Let's read it then. Let's go by what, don't, don't think about what I'm saying. Let's go by what the words say. This inspiring holy word that we're going to read. Hebrew 8 and 8. For finding fault with them. Who was them? Israel. His people. God chose the people. He said, behold, the days come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. What? With the house of Israel, the house of Judah. Most people don't even know who that is. Okay, well, that's 12 tribes of Israel. Again, got to be from the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Got to be from that seed, okay? These were 12 brothers that split up. Just as a reminder, we're just recapping. 12 brothers split up. One split up in the northern kingdom. They got cast out. They were cast out because of idolatry. And then Judah, which was a southern kingdom where Christ came from because Judah means Jew. Judah means Jew or Jew means Judah. However, one, it equals the same. Verse 19, I'm sorry, verse nine, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Here's your clue words. Who came out of Egypt? Some Hebrew Israelite folks, they call, because they continued not in my covenant what the covenant? If you make a covenant with someone, you need to keep it. Um, not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, says the Lord. Verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Did you hear that? Not the covenant he made, because the other covenant, he put it on stone. All of these covenants, this disagreement, and this, these, these um, commandments, all of these things were placed on stone. Oh, but now we're not going to put this stuff. With the covenant, I'm going to give you a new covenant. I'm not even going to put that on stone no more. He, he, he already told you, I'm, I'm going to put it on there. Hearts. Where's your heart at, baby? It's your mind, too. See, there's a heart in your chest that pumps. Boom, 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 boom. But the true heart 
to a man or woman is their mind. That's your spirit. That's your spirit. That's how you can tell when people wicked, people righteous, people holy and true. Verse 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor. What? And they shall not, not teach every man his neighbor. And every man his brother saying, know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. So when this time come, when this new covenant really come, you don't no longer have to teach your neighbor. Let me see if I can remember what this um, verse was. Um, I'm going to go to Leviticus about neighbor. I think we talked about this at one time. Let's see if I can find that. If I can't find it now, I'll look it up. But what he's talking about, who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? Leviticus 19 and 17. Leviticus 19 and 17. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor. And not suffer sin upon him. Who is that? Who is your brother? Who is your neighbor? That's your kindred. That's your brother. That's who your neighbor is. In the 18 it says. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any judge against the children of thy people. That's uncle, aunt, um, the sister next door. You know, all of these. This is your people. This is your people, your culture, okay? Your culture, everything. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Now, that's in the Old Testament. As it is written. Remember, they talk about as it, as it is written in the New Testament? Well, check that out. He only are repeating what the Old Testament said. Now you know that your neighbor is your kindred people. It's your brother. It is the children of your own people. That's who your neighbor is. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just going to keep reading. You guys have to figure this out for yourself. That's the most high. If his spirit upon you, you will get this. All right. So let's continue to go back. I want to go into Jeremiah too. Let's go to Jeremiah. So I'm going to show you something. That when God repeats itself. As it is written. As it is written. As it is written, as it is written. Jeremiah, let's go to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 31. So Jeremiah 31 and 31 says, listen to this. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Where did you just hear that from? We just read that what in Hebrews 8 and 8. 8, 8, 8, 9. Go back and read it. He only repeated. Again, I just read this in Jeremiah. And then I read it into Hebrews. What is God talking about? He just repeated himself from the old and the new. As it is written. If we don't understand the Old Testament, we're not going to understand the new one. It even goes in the 32nd verse. 
you know, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I am an husband unto them, says the Lord. What did he call himself? He is a husband unto Israel. That's the reason why he's told tell you when Christ said he's going to go get his bride. Bride. That's the house of Israel. You know? See? It's synonymous. Being she. As a whole. But the most high God said that he was the husband. He's the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. Write down Jeremiah chapter 31. And you can start reading that. You can read the whole chapter to get an understanding. Um, if that helps you out, I'm just going to giving you some precepts and knowing where, where did some of this writing come from in the New Testament as it is written that you can find it in the old. That way you'll understand who is he talking about. He talking about his people the whole time, the whole book. He keeps talking about these people that was rebellious and, oh, and he had to cast some of them out for a little while, which was the northern kingdom. Okay, so let's continue. I'm going to read, um, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's go back to the New Testament, which is really, the, the whole book is really all about Christ, because he's going to tell you this. Hebrews chapter 1, verse, um, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, 10 verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices, which they offered year by year, continually make the commerce there unto perfect. So you couldn't be perfect by the sacrificial law. What did we talk about? The five major umbrellas of law, moral, ceremonial, dietary, civil, sacrificial. That's the one right there. That's the one. We're no longer under that one. Because Christ has done it for us. Let's go to Hebrew 10 and verse 2. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin? No, they still got conscience of sin. You know, they kept bringing these animals. Verse 3. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sin every year. Right. It always going to get you for you to understand, you know, you've been sinning. And some of us just be wickedly just going out here and seeing. And even back then, our people were like, oh, I'm going to go see and go do this and go to this girl, this woman, you know, this maiden, whatever they called it back then. And um, then I'm going to bring uh, my best of my best and give it to the Levites, which were the Levitical priests, and have them to cleanse me of all of this wicked sin stuff. By bringing what? Verse uh, 3. I mean verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. Especially, it just didn't cleanse them. And they abused it anyway. Just like we abuse when we say, girl, I'm going to go on over here and do this. But I'm going to have to ask the Lord to forgive me. Girl. You know, come on now. You are already just wicked. You wicked before you even get over there. You need to get that wickedness out of you. Come on. Sometimes we need to say, sis, come on, stop. Don't do even do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Go into your closet. Go pray. Ask the most how to take care of situations for you. Stop trying to take the bull by the horns and do it yourself. Okay? Verse 5. 
Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, meaning Christ, he said, sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. So this is where Christ come into play. Because them sacrifices of those animals wasn't enough. But he took man, his own son, to sacrifice the blood, to shed for the redemption of our sins. Redeem. What does redeem mean? We're going to get back. You, If you redeem something, you're going to go get it back. This is why Christ came for his people. That might have went over your head, but you need to read the scriptures. So, in verse 6, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. So see there? That's why Christ had to come. I mean, really, it, the things that we were doing back then was the same things we still do now. And we want to be forgiven for it, except they, they had to do it in a different form back then, thinking that this would work. But no, the sacrificial lamb has now taken place of the sacrificial law. That's Christ. He took that sacrifice for us. Do we still have some laws that we have to follow according to the most high God? Absolutely. We still have the moral law, ceremonial, dietary, civil law. They still in play. If you want to be a sacrifice, you sacrifice your body now because you're the temple. You sacrifice yourself, meaning don't be carnal minded like Paul said. Okay, you can't be doing these things. The lust of the flesh. No, you're taking on this. You're going to fight them demons away from you. You're not going to continue to let people put you in areas that you don't need to be. And if you feel like that, you are losing grip. It is time to pray and start fasting. Because see that body right there, that fleshly body will get you in trouble. No, you need to have a spiritual mindset in that body to help you to continue to go on. And that's how you are the temple. And now most high God can visit you in your temple. You are the church walking with two legs, walking. And if you can't walk, you're still that vessel that he can live in. Verse 7, Hebrew 10 and 7. Then said I... Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Christ said he came in the volume of the book. It's already been prophesied. That's why he don't want to take away what the prophets say. It's already been done. Let, let, me, let me give you an example real quick. Let me, let me give you a precept. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 18 and 18. Deuteronomy 18 and 18, it says, I will raise them up a prophet amongst their brethren like unto thee and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. So reading that again, I will raise them up a prophet. Who is the prophet? We're talking about Christ among their brethren. Who? The brethren. That means he came, you know, Christ came from the tribe of Judah. He's from the tribe of, um, of Israel. So he came from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you were the seed line that came out of that, that's who you are to this day. 
There's many that did not come from that seed line. That's why God didn't give his spirit to all people. That's why you can see the wickedness roaming people in other nations of people. You're like, they wicked. They torture you. They just come after you. And you'd be like, why do people always messing with these so-called black African-American people? Because they realize a lot of our people are the children of the most high God. And they hate that. They hate that Christ is a black man. They can say that the Bible itself depicts itself as a black man with white woolly hair, eyes of fire, like red, like fire, and his feet like polished brass as if they burned in the furnace. They don't want to hear that. They say they do. Oh, it don't matter what color he is. Yeah, you say that now, but you've been giving us a white image of uh, so-called Jesus, but it's really that guy called Caesar Borgia or Caesar Borgia. There's a movie that comes on on Netflix. You can kind of watch that. And you can even pay for to show you who they really gave you pictures of. Google it. Google Caesar Borgia. And see what the pictures of Jesus Christ they call come up. They've been fooling us for many, many years because now we got smartphones. Now the wisdom of the Most High, His Spirit is coming out there for us to be able to wake up and understand who we are in these last days. So, ladies, obeying God's law, statutes, and commandments is something that we have to do. That's why Christ, when he came in the whole volume of the book, they, the, the, the prophets already said he was going to be coming. He was the second Adam, right? So, because the first Adam messed up. Because if people understood about Adam, Adam was made from the earth. He was given some laws, statutes, and commandments when the Most High God blew into him the breath of life. How powerful is that? He named all the animals. He had all of this power, and he lost it because he didn't follow what God said. He was disobedient. And when he became disobedient, they cast him out. They cast him out. And Eve, she had to go too, just being wicked. So they got cast out of a beautiful place called the Garden of Eden. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. How could that happen? It's through our disobedience. So now we have to realize what should we be doing in order to get the kingdom of heaven? What do we need to follow to get the kingdom of heaven? Well, let me go back and tell you here. In case I didn't remind you on the last one, let's go to Revelation chapter 14 and 12. Revelation 14 and 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith in Jesus. Let me read another one to you. Let's go to Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments. Revelation 22, 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Think about that. You are blessed when you do the commandments of God. That gives you the right for salvation to live forever and you'll be able to enter into the new gates 
into the kingdom of heaven, the new Jerusalem. And always remember, how many gates are there? We talked about it. It's 12 gates. 12. Three on north, south, east, and west. Three gates on each side of this earth. With the children of Israel, named above each gate. So, all praises to the Most High. I pray that the Most High has showed you that we still have to do God's law. It's just particular laws that we are up under. And the sacrificial law is we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. Um, the bulls and the goats, that's not what we're supposed to do. But we have to continue to follow all that the, the says the Lord, because this is how our people benefited very well when we came back to when Most High God. Christ came and he was kept leading us back to what the Father what thus says the Lord, what the Father say, what the Father say. When he prayed, who did he pray to? He prayed to the Father. He kept bringing us back. That's what it, because our people lost our way along the, along this, this living in these different kingdoms and captivities, being in slavery and all these particular lands and stuff. And we lost because we kept being taught about the what the other nations were doing. And we started doing everything they do. And we do it now. That's why we don't have our own culture back. But your culture is right there in the Holy Bible. So, ladies, let's continue to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit that the Most High God will bring us back in like-mindedness. Let's start in dressing right. Let's do moral laws. Let's do the ceremonial laws. Okay, so there's things that we need to be doing, like the Passover is coming up. We don't do Easter because if anybody look up what Easter is, You'll understand what a rabbit and eggs got to do with anything. I've been asking this for years and until I took the time to get off my lazy behind and start reading that because I am doing an abomination to the Lord. And then we have dietary laws. He's already established the um, clean animals to the unclean because when God made everything, it's a balance. He made the earth to be clean by some beast. He made the waters to be clean by beast. OK, that's the reason why he want us to make sure we're putting the right things in our temple, because if you put trash in your temple and expecting that's going to be OK, that's not OK. And then, you know, we have our civil laws, just like they have civil laws in this kingdom. I mean, there's the righteous things we're supposed to be doing. There's various punishments for things when we come together. There's punishments for things that happen. So that's why some people get judgments quickly. And then you're going to be judged in the end when that big day comes. But sisters, I love you. I want to say peace and shalom unto you. And um, if you want to download, go ahead and download Anchor. And once you do the download on Anchor, you know, you can become a, uh, to do your own podcast or you want to be a messenger, a listener, however you want to do. Send me a message. If there's anything that I can do, um, we'll pray about it. Come together. I'll share information and you share something with me. All right. Give praises to the most high. Keep the commandments of God and live, sisters. Live. Live in beauty of the most high God. Shalom. All praises to the most high God of Israel. Father, we thank you, Father, for your law, statutes, and commandments. We thank you for your judgments. We thank you, Father, for all that you have said in your word. 
We thank you for your son who bled and died, Father, to redeem his people back into their perspective places. Oh, Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit that reminds us and comforts us in your word. Your word is the only thing that we in need of. Without your word, we starve. Without your word, Father, we're lost. Without your word, we are nothing. And Father, we thank and we bless you. And we bless the 12 tribes of Israel that's been scattered abroad to the four corners of this earth. We bless them, Father, today. We pray, Father, that you will unite us and forgive us for our sins and iniquities and transgressions, even of our own forefathers, Father. That, Father, we have been wreaking the curses, Father, and we pray, Father, that we get renewed and restored, Father. We pray, Father, for our own culture. We pray, Father, to do what thus says the Lord. We pray, Father, you will continue to walk with us and teach us and guide us, Father. We pray for those spiritual blessings, Father. We pray for an increase of our faith. We pray for the increase of our obedience. We pray, Father, for our sons, Father, for those of your kings. We pray for the daughters of Zion, Father. We pray, Father, from the youngs to the oldest. We pray for the babies that are not even born yet to. We pray, Father, that you would continue to protect us and guide us and put us under the shadow of your wings. Father, that you would continue, Father, to help us, Father, in ways like no ways. We pray that we unite together as we united, Father, in the beginning. We pray, Father, that we come together in all things, Father, that is in your righteous will. We pray for the great awakening. We pray, Father, that your spirit shall reign with us. And, Father, that we have like-mindedness, Father. And we pray, Father, that we take away all of these things, Father, that we stop doing the wickedness. We stop doing the wickedness against your word. No matter what these pastors say. No matter what anybody say, what does God's word say? And we need your word today. And we thank you, Father, that the word is a roadmap to our salvation. We thank you, Father, that you didn't take that away. We thank you that you didn't destroy us in the very iniquity that we have been doing against you. Forgive us, Father, for disappointing you. Forgive us, Father. Make us new, Father. Let us turn, Father, from our wicked ways, and, Father, that we, Father, shall know who you are. We go back to our culture. We go back to the ways. We want our inheritance, Father, and we thank you. Revelations 2 and 9 explains that thou art poor, but thou art rich. We are rich, Father, because you said that we're going to get the kingdom. Oh, Father, we may be on the bottom now, but the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. And, Father, we thank and we bless you, Father, because we receive, Father. We change the way we dress. We change the way we eat. We change the way we walk. We change the way we talk. We change the way we do things, Father, in this kingdom. We bless your holy days, Father, and we want to be part of all of that. So we turn away from what the world has taught us. There's no more Christmases. There is no more Thanksgivings. Those things were man's and not yours. They've conformed it, Father, to make it be for you or to make it to be for, for, the, for Jesus Christ. 
the Father, that is not what you have ordered us. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 2, 3, 4. It explains to us, Father, these things we should not do. But yet we say we do it for the children. Yet we say we do it for others. And Father, there's 365 days of the year. Yet we don't know how to give our own gifts to each other out of love. You have to have someone to ordain that for you here on the Gregorian calendar. Oh, Father, help us, Father. Help us to see. Help us to see the visions, the dreams, Father, that you pour out your spirit on all flesh. Father, God, this is here. Those days are here. Protect us, Father. All the viruses that are going on in the earth, these are your plagues. This is your spirit that's moving. There's nothing being done here that you don't know about, and you have orchestrated it through your will and your love, Father. That the balance, Father, that you have created on this earth is yours. And Father, we pray that we mend relationships that's been torn apart from our children, our loved ones, our cousins, our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, brothers, Father. May we see each other in like-mindedness of love and not in hatred, Father. May we heal, Father, for the ones that look like you and that look like me. May we heal from the brokenness. Father, we thank you and we bless you, Father. For you made us in your very image. Thank you, Father, for making Adam from the earth. Well, the deeper that you go, the darker the dirt goes. Thank you for the melon. Thank you for the protection, Father, from the sun. Thank you, Father, for your righteous son that bled and died for salvation for us. Blessed be the name, God of Israel. Father, we bless our children today. Wake them up, Father. Wake up the next generation. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father, from the beginning of time to now and forever. Father, may you redeem your people. May we wake up and know who we truly are. Who did you call us in your word, Father? What is our biblical name? Not the names that man has called us. Father, you know they've been calling us all kinds of names in this kingdom. This is a wicked kingdom, Father. And there is no kingdom that's going to stand to be wicked. The only kingdom is yours for everlasting to everlasting. And we give praise and honor to the Most High God. For it is you that have created us. And Father, you formed us in your glory. And we want to come back to you. Father, give us the steps. Help us, Father. Send your holy angels camp to help. Help us, Father. That we stay on the righteous pathway, Father. For salvation is for the Jews. That's your word, Father. Thank you, Father, for all that you do. Blessing God, Father. Bless the wounds, Father. Bless Israel. Bless Jerusalem, Father. Galatians 4 and 26. For she is the mother of us all. Oh, Father, we thank you and we bless you. Hallelujah. Praise be to the name of God of Israel. Unite your people again in like-mindedness and as one. Creating us a clean heart, Father. May the old man die out and a new man shall stand in righteousness, Father. Man and woman. 
We ask all these things in your precious son, holy name we pray. In the Messiah's name we pray. In Hebrew, Yahweh Shai. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.